Shop amazing specials now while supplies last at Macy's Gifts You'll Love to Give sale. Like great deals on coats for him and her from Calvin Klein, Ann Klein, and more top designers. Just $100 and under. Save big on handbags and wallets, now 40% off. And create a cozy retreat at home with 70% off warm throws and flannel bedding from Martha Stewart Collection. Now through Thursday at Macy's. Plus, get $10 in Macy's money for every $50 spent. Up to $40 Macy's money. Bria's fashion boutique is the worst. First they asked me if I needed help finding anything. Um, just because I'm gorgeous doesn't mean I need help. No matter how hard you work for your small business, online reviewers will find something to complain about. Then they tell me they're having a sale. Oh, so you're assuming I'm poor. Cool. And while Progressive can't save you from these trolls, we can help you save money on commercial auto and business insurance. Also, they tried to give me the friends and family discount. Um, I'm not your friend, so... Get a quote online today at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliated and third-party insurers. Hi guys, Laurel Mintz here. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Elevate Your Brand. I am here with one of the most fun and exciting new concepts in food, the founder and CEO of Sweetfin, Seth Cohen. Seth, thank you for being with us. Thanks for having me. All right, so I guess you can probably tell everyone listening what Sweetfin is, but for those who have been hiding under a rock for the last five years, what is Sweetfin? Sure, so Sweetfin is a 10-unit fast casual poke concept that's based out of Santa Monica, California. We opened in 2015. So almost hitting that five-year mark. Almost there. And you came from a really interesting background that really set you up for success with this brand. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Um, So I've always been uh, obsessed with hospitality. Uh, Growing up, I was that kid that was always watching the Food Network, loved food, um, but also loved business. So um, while I was in college, I was working at Live Nation uh, for a couple years, and and once I graduated, the whole world seemed to implode on it uh, in itself. Uh, with the economic recession so that's when i started this company actually almost 11 years ago i can't even believe it so my uh my family approached me my dad approached me um to see if i would want to work in the family business which was uh, real estate finance and i thought that'd be a good idea to learn from from a real entrepreneur um and it's really proven to be a great learning lesson but um, real estate finance wasn't my true passion it was more hospitality so um i ended up creating sweetfin during but that you, time. The, the experience that you got working with your family business really set you up for success because I know you negotiate a lot of your own leases. Obviously, you've got a great team behind you. But in order to scale a business of this nature, you really did have to have an understanding of the real estate market. Definitely. Uh, property is one of the most important things that we talk about uh, in the business. So people, uh, product, and property. So um, when we're looking at leases, it's really important to make sure that you're partnering with the right landlord, understanding um, the, the key points in leases, and um, really understanding kind of the minutia of, of what it takes to get a real estate deal done. What is the average square foot um, footprint of the, of the poke stores? So our units, um, I guess, average about 11 to 1200 square feet, but we've gone as small as about 650 square feet and as, as large as 1770 square feet. And I think that um, our sweet spot is probably in the 1000 square feet range just because of, you know, there's so many trends happening in the re- in the restaurant and real estate world. But, you know, one of the big ones is delivery and takeout. Sure. So we're seeing that 50% of our revenues derived from 
delivering takeout. So mm-hmm. we don't necessarily need a large dining room to accommodate our guests. Right. And you guys don't even need a hood, right? Um, do you have one? So some of our uh, stores do operate as commissaries to, to create some of the fried items um, mm-hmm. that we have in stores, so the taro chips, some of our crunchy toppings. But um, no, we don't need a hood. And, and 99% of uh, the items that are made in each store or that are served at each store are made in each store. So we operate true scratch kitchens. Wow, really lean. I think it's interesting your point about trends in the marketplace. And that's obviously what a lot of these conversations we're having with entrepreneurs are. What do you see as the next phase? Because this this delivery situation is like taking over and we're seeing a lot of companies that are opening in the middle of nowhere like Commerce and Sun Valley and all over the place opening these massive like warehouse type spaces where they're literally just cooking food for delivery. Is that the trend you think is going to keep going forward? Yeah, I think the delivery trend isn't going anywhere. Um, I think you have to embrace it and you need to be creative with it. Is I it a think... millennial thing though? Or is no, it I think I, I think it's it, it starts with the millennials and then it trends to the you other You guys are such trendsetters. Yes. <laughs> um, but it, it's not going anywhere. Um, it's, it's becoming more and more important in terms of uh, the way that you're deriving your revenue um, from a restaurant standpoint. The way we think about delivery in terms of cloud kitchens or ghost kitchens, whatever you want to call them, is... Is that what they're um, called? Ghost kitchens? Ghost kitchens, yeah. I've never heard that before. Yeah, I've heard cloud kitchen before. Cloud kitchen is, is a brand name, so I like to say ghost ah, kitchen. Ah, okay. I'm going to take that one. Yes. I'm stealing it. Um, you know, I think it's very difficult to open up a new market mm. with a ghost kitchen. I think you need to have a real brick and mortar um, location to make sure that... Um, you're creating the right awareness. Yeah, yeah, visibility, awareness, experience, yeah. which is so important. Although um, that's not what they're arguing. These ghost kitchens are arguing that because they're on the delivery platforms, they're, they're using that platform to digitally um, introduce new brands to market. But you're saying yeah, that you don't think that that's an effective method. I disagree with that in, in some ways. Um, I think that if you're a national brand like Chick-fil-A, mm-hmm. you can open up anywhere. Mm-hmm. You can open up your app and people know what Chick-fil-A is, right? You have the, the means to have national TV commercials all no over the place. No political commentary on that one, but <laughs> yeah. yep, uh-huh, um, <laughs> But um, I think it's a great way to supplement your, your current strategy, right? So if there are parts of Los Angeles that we're not um, currently operating in, for example, Studio City, um, where we know there's demand, we know there's a lot of delivery demand and there's demand for our product and there's awareness of our brand, um, it's a good way for us to serve that market without necessarily needing to open a new store. Yeah. So that's how we think about it. I wouldn't open up a new market just with a ghost kitchen, mm-hmm. but I think you know, if you're going to go to a new market, it's a good way to supplement the real estate that you'd have. So you wouldn't even test it in like a, if you were going to like an Austin or a, you know some other re- completely brand new market, you wouldn't test it there? As a standalone. I would test it, but I think people underestimate the resources that it takes to effectively uh, execute it. So I think you I need to that. have you need to have the right staff. You can't just have a cook in there. You need to have a manager. You need to make sure your supply chain um, works in in that market. So I think there's a little bit more of an investment than people. Um, really realize there is so that's mostly the case when people get into food and beverage they think it's such a glamorous sexy industry and the behind the scenes not so much right although i think you guys have done a really really good job with putting this persona out of being a very sexy food concept and poke i think is very sexy because it's so clean why did you decide to go in that direction personal taste preference you just saw a, a market need Yeah, so when we developed the concept in 2013, no one was doing anything like this. Right. Um, There were no standalone concepts in our category. Um, We, by we, 
myself and my uh, original partner, Brett, um, wanted to do something in the fast casual world, but we were really sick of the, the usual salads and sandwich concepts. And we saw there was an opportunity in, in the fast casual space for something that was affordable, um, customizable, accessible, um, and something that was healthy. And we had all these ideas and um, the poke idea kind of came to market originally, or came to, to mind, and it was originally kind of like a fast casual sushi concept idea, and then it morphed into this poke concept um, in 2013. And, and once we kind of did our research and, and tried it um, at different restaurants, we fell in love with the concept. Um, we brought on uh, an operating partner, Alan Nathan, who's our third partner, and he um, helped introduce us to our chef, Dakota Weiss, um, who's still our uh, executive chef and partner, and uh, we went from there. But it was really a new concept that no one knew, knew about when we went and pitched investors and, and told our friends about it. People thought we were talking about Facebook pokes. Um, so <laughs> that's how far the concept has gone. That is and, hilarious. I feel like you could do a whole marketing campaign just yes. playing on that. Yeah, exactly. That's so funny. But, so people thought you were just nuts. They didn't know anything. I mean, that's, I guess, most brands that are bringing something new to market, that's always the conversation when you're the first, right? Yeah, you know, we, we were first. Um, but then once we opened it, the category grew really quickly. So really we were quickly. anticipating um, really needing to educate the consumer. Um, but the media and press did such a good job covering us and the category as a whole very quickly that um, by the time you know we were a year into our business, um, people knew what, what we were talking about and they were excited to try the product. And so that's what has helped you scale up to 10 units. I think it's one of the things. I think that you know people do want to eat healthier. People um, do want um, quick, fast, portable food options, and you can't eat a salad seven days a week. And um, we really look at kind of this this rise in, in sushi, uh, the sushi trends and sushi culture over the last twenty five years. You can walk into certain CVSs and get you know prepackaged sushi these days. So really? CVS, I haven't yeah. seen that one it's yet. Pretty, it's pretty crazy. I don't know if I trust uh, that. I wouldn't that either. <laughs> but you know, there, there's this insatiable appetite for um, for raw fish, mm. um, and we did a really good job, I think, differentiating ourselves in the market by using ingredients that um, are not traditional in, in any respect. Tell us a little bit about that. So when we when we started Sweetfin, we knew that there would be competition. So we wanted to make sure that we were going to differentiate ourselves. And, and one way that we did that was bringing on Chef Dakota Weiss. And we really wanted to create a truly chef-driven experience for our guests. And when we brought Dakota on, we pitched her on we pitched her on the idea, and she loved it. And we gave her a sample menu, and she came back with you know the craziest menu of ideas that we hadn't even thought of, um, which was amazing. Um, and I think that's really set us, ourselves apart. Um, a lot of our ingredients lean uh, towards Japanese uh, influence. So, you know, if you've never had Japanese food, there's a lot of um, items on the menu like yuzu kosho, togarashi, furikake that um, you, may, <laughs> you may not know. But um, also, we really wanted to take the familiar flavors of sushi and put them in a bowl. So that's what we've done. I love it. Stay tuned. We're going to take a quick ad break. and We'll be right back to talk all things poke. Shop amazing specials now while supplies last at Macy's Gifts You'll Love to Give sale. Like great deals on coats for him and her from Calvin Klein, Ann Klein, and more top designers. Just $100 and under. Save big on handbags and wallets, now 40% off. And create a cozy retreat at home with 70% off warm throws and flannel bedding from Martha Stewart Collection. Now through Thursday at Macy's. Plus, get $10 in Macy's money for every $50 spent. Up to $40 Macy's money. 
Uh, I'm giving Jeb's basement renovations one star. He kept asking me what's behind the walls down there. I'm like, why? What, what do you know? No matter how hard you work for your small business, online reviewers will find something to complain about. And then he's like, you can trust me with the job. And I'm all like, trust? <laughs> and while Progressive can't save you from these trolls, we can help you save money on commercial auto and business insurance. Yeah, he charged me less than he said he would, which is... Lying. Get a quote online today at progressivecommercial.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliated and third party insurers. All right, guys, thanks for staying tuned in. We are here with Seth Cohen, CEO and founder of, um, of Sweetfin Poke. And we were just talking about ingredients and how you've really stayed true and honest to kind of the Japanese roots of the culture of the food. I thought that poke came from Hawaii. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. Um, it originated in the late 19th century or so in Hawaii. Fishermen would go out on their boats and they'd go catch fish. And um, just due to their circumstances, they wouldn't be able to afford the whole fish. So they would kind of cut out some pieces that weren't necessarily desirable. They would mix and marinate them with you know local ingredients um, like um, some soy sauce and seaweed. And it was a very simple kind of almost... Uh, peasant's dish really mm-hmm. is what it started at and now it's evolved into kind of this the uh the i guess hawaiian comfort food so to speak but it, i've never heard it said quite like that but i like that but hawaii does have a lot of influence um it, you know it's obviously very close to asia Correct. so you have influence from from uh, uh asia and have you been to japan yet i am embarrassed <gasps> to say that i haven't it's, oh it's a top of my li- i've been too busy running you know oh well i get that i yeah. get that you know business always yeah. first we actually just went to japan for our first time this year and it was phenomenal so all the ingredients that you just mentioned i'm like yeah. imagining when i ate them in japan and oh my god you're gonna just die when you get there i'm sure you're gonna come back with a million ideas i hope for so the next love new. to be inspired yeah, well, I mean, food inspires you, it inf- inspires me, and I'm sure it inspires most of our listeners. Um, how do you put your poke together? What's your favorite? Ooh. Or are you allowed to I, say that? No. <laughs> no. Not allowed I li- to say I like that. To, no, I like to build my own bowl. Um, mm-hmm. I go with our yellowfin. Um, I keep it fairly simple, so I like to go with our ponzu lime. Uh, we do a special base, which is our bamboo rice. So good. Yeah, warm bamboo rice. Um, I like crispy onions, which is definitely not traditional. Avocado, chili oil, Mm. maybe some Napa cabbage and uh, fresh ginger. Are you on the menu as the set? I should be. (laughs) I think we. I think we found our next market. We do. uh, We do our chef collaborations, but uh, I'm I'm no chef. Speaking of chef, I love that you have a female-driven food concept. Um, did you pick her out intentionally, or was it, was it just a natural fit? Because there are not a lot of female executive chefs around the world. It's obviously a growing category, but I love that you guys were so forward-thinking in that respect. Well, I wish we could say we were forward-thinking, but <laughs> um, lucky. yeah, lucky. lucky. We got lucky. <laughs> you know, we're three male founders, so it's 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 good to to have a little female perspective in the room sometimes. But um, Dakota, once we brought her on, she had just finished filming Top Chef, so. Um, had a great experience there, was in super high demand, and um, she fell in love with our concept, and she's incredibly talented, of course, and uh, innovative, and it's it's been a really great partnership, and um, we do try to, to partner up, um, you know, we do a lot of collaborations as, our, as a business to stay relevant, and um, one of the things we do is our uh, every two months we do a chef collaboration. Oh, interesting. Um, so a lot of the chefs we work with are top, some of the top chefs in the country. Um, most have been on Top Chef, and uh, most a lot of them actually end up being female. So it's it's great to work with female chefs. And we um, actually launched a rosé a year ago with uh, 
a female uh, winemaker up in Napa. Um, and that was a really fun experience as well. So we always like to tell that story when we can. So you're investing in new food concepts as well as the existing platform that you guys are growing? Well, the the Rosé concept was just a fun partnership. Passion project? That, yeah, yeah. You know. Um, Thanks to, for bringing me some. Rude. I should have I brought a bottle. <laughs> I'll send you a case. But yeah, you can get it in our stores. And I think you can get it online now at Pink Dot if you want to Postmates it. Okay. Yep. Good to know. And you can Postmates um, the Poke as well, can't you? Of course. You? Yep. Um, actually, that's how we I first came in contact with you was I had ordered a poke bowl, and then I think we ran into each other at the UCLA restaurant conference, right? Yep. And you haven't been able to get rid of me ever since. No. <laughs> and here I am. Um, one of the big issues relating to um, food all around the world, really, is the issue of sustainability. Specifically with fish, obviously, this is a very key issue. How do you guys address the sustainability concern of your customers? So we have four key values at Sweetfin, um, and it's a FISH acronym. So it stands for Freshness, Integrity, Sustainability, and Hospitality. It's so I can't cle- with clever, you. right? It's so so, cute. <laughs> so sustainability from the beginning has been really important to us, and and not only sustainability but transparency. Mm-hmm. So one of the things we did when we opened, again, we wanted to make sure that we were differentiating ourselves in the marketplace. Was when you open your menu at Sweetfin, there'd be another card insert that gave you a breakdown of where we were getting our fish. Um, how it was caught and any sustainability ratings associated with it. Um, We still do that to this day. You can find it on our website and now we're actually going to reintroduce um, that information uh, to our our guests um, to make sure that if you are ordering Sweetfin via delivery, for example, there's an information card in your delivery package. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't remember getting that, but I would have been so um, amazed and I probably would have Instagrammed it or something. Yeah, it's important and I think, you know, we were really inspired by Whole Foods. I think they pioneered the really the the communication of sustainability with with their customers, and you know we're very clear about um, where we're getting our we're sourcing our product, and we want to make sure that um, our guests have the opportunity to make their own decisions as to how they're eating. And I think that's so smart, not just from a marketing standpoint, which seems a little self-serving, but you really do believe in this as um, an ethos core to the company. Um, And there are so many poke concepts out there that are not doing this the right way. We're not going to call them out, but I really feel like you guys stood for something from the very beginning, and that's why you've been so successful. Don't you agree? Couldn't have said it better myself. (laughs) But yeah, there's a lot lot of things we do differently, I think. You know, the fact that we're operating scratch kitchens um, is a story that we need to tell um, that's, that's different. You know, we make everything in-house at Sweetfin. So we make our own ponzu because our entire menu is gluten-free. Um, we ferment our own uh, hot sauce. Um, we make all of our crispy toppings. We toast our own coconut uh, for the wasabi toasted coconut topping. So we pickle our own shiitake mushrooms and Fresno chilies. So we're really operating a scratch kitchens, and I think... Um, our guests can taste the difference of, of quality and freshness when they're coming and trying it. Yeah, I actually didn't know that that was part of what you guys did. I mean, I knew, I knew that the food was awesome, but I didn't know you guys did that so much from a scratch kitchen perspective. It's so interesting. Um, what is going to happen next? Are you guys expanding into new markets? How many locations are you looking to build out? Is there a long-term goal for 2020 yet in place? So we're working on our 2020 plans. Um, we have eight stores in LA, two in San Diego. So we're trying to build out the San Diego market and also mm-hmm. the Southern California market. So opportunities still in LA, I think, uh, for us to expand into certain markets. And then we'll probably fill in down south to Orange County and continue to grow in San Diego. 
with an eye uh, for hopefully going national as well. So we're talking to some groups that will hopefully help us do that, and uh, we'll see where that goes. So you're staying true to California to start. Or a California brand. Yes, like like In-N-Out Burger, right? They started here, and now they're starting to make their way across the country. Um, But they've done that all by being self-funded. Are you guys looking to do the same thing? Did you ever raise capital? I don't know if we've ever had that conversation. Yeah, we... (laughs) Funny story. Um, so at the beginning, we no. I mean, there's Tell a lot. Of, there's a lot of funny <laughs> stories. But um, at the beginning, we tried to raise capital, and once again, no one knew what we were talking right. about. Right? They were like, so, "You're crazy. I have yeah, no idea what this concept is. You get nothing." Exactly. <laughs> um, and then there's another funny investor story. We um, we were all sitting down at our first potential investor dinner, and Dakota, our chef, is making all the bowls, and it's kind of everything's taking a long time just Mm. because it's her first time cooking this food creating this food for 30 people and she comes out um and we all you know of course invited like the most important people we knew right you didn't do a test run first no no of course i mean amongst the three founders but that's it (laughs) um and she came out and she had a really scratchy throat and my best friend is sitting next to me and and she says um i'm sorry i was going to present these dishes to you, but um, I'm allergic to fish, and my throat is closing. And oh my everyone, god! Yeah. You're your executive chef. Yes. So oh my my, my best friend nudges me, and I don't know if you're allowed to swear on this, but yep, go get, right ahead. Yeah, We're goes, rated so, R, I think. Sure. She's, you want me to invest in your fucking fish concept, and your chef doesn't eat fish? Are you kidding me? So I think that might no. be the best story. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, and I had I had so I had no idea. So oh my, my heart just God. sank. I was like turning red. I was like, "This is just good. unbelievable." Good. <laughs> so I later find out that she developed this allergy later in life, um, wow. and so she knows how to cook with it, and she's tried it, and obviously, and, and knows the flavor profiles. But yeah, so that was difficult. Um, so we ended up raising a lot of our own capital, um, oh which God. ended up being a, a blessing in disguise. Sure. Because um, now you have so much more ownership over the yeah, company. Yeah, we own a, g- a good chunk of the company. We and brought you're in a power position now as you go to expand nationally. I'm sure there will be investors that are just clamoring to get a piece of it. Yeah, and we have... now your valuation is far higher. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> um, no, but we have, we brought on some strategic angel investors. Um, former CEO um, and founder of Shake Shack, um, David Swinghammer, who's a advisor. Such and, a great guy. Yeah, he's great. Um, some of the guys from Counterton. Um, we we have just a really great all-star group of of investors and advisors so they're super helpful we're going to take another quick break when we come back we're going to talk about some of the challenges some of the exciting things that are up and coming for sweetfin stay tuned shop amazing specials now while supplies last at macy's gifts you'll love to give sale like great deals on coats for him and her from kelvin klein and klein and more top designers just 100 dollars and under save big on handbags and wallets now 40 percent off and create a cozy retreat at home with 70 percent off warm throws and flannel bedding from martha stewart collection now through thursday at macy's plus get ten dollars in macy's money for every fifty dollars spent up to forty dollars macy's money do not hire Franklin and Sons Electrical. The guy told me he'd shrink my monthly bill, and I'm like, dude, it's too small to read as it is. No matter how hard you work for your small business, online reviewers will find something to complain about. Then he's like, where's the circuit breaker? I'm like, bro, I didn't break anything. And while Progressive can't save you from these trolls, we can help you save money on commercial auto and business insurance. He told me I had a blown fuse. Uh, it's called a short fuse, and yes, I do have one, so watch yourself. Get a quote online today at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliated and third-party insurers. 
All right, guys, thanks for staying with us. We are here talking all things poke with the founder and CEO of Sweet Fin, Seth Cohen. Seth, we were just talking about um, your fundraising strategy and kind of what's next for the brand. I know you said you were going to start to fill out San Diego and then Orange County and being really true to the California brand and then moving probably nationally from there. You said you had some challenges early on with fundraising. I am dying over the story with your executive chef whose throat was closing up because she was allergic to fish. I will never forget that story. Um, what other challenges have you guys had um, in launching this concept on a more national scale? So just going back to the beginning, you know, we had a lot of challenges. Um, first of all, not only were we trying to convince our friends that this was a, the next great concept, but we were also trying to convince our real estate partners. Mm -hmm. So finding a space that a landlord was willing to give to us and trusted us that we would pay the rent and be good partners was difficult. Isn't it funny? Because you're like, hey, I'd like to give you all this money. And yeah. they're like, I don't know if I want your money. So, I, so <laughs> it doesn't at the, make any sense. At, right. At the time, grilled cheese was really hot, um, right. believe it or not. Right, right. Um, so there was a space we fell in love with. It was in downtown LA. We you know, were friendly. Uh, my partner was friendly with the founder of Mendocino Farms. And he started his launch his business there so we thought okay we got to go to downtown LA we're gonna have the volume and it'll be a great place to test this concept um, we signed an LOI, LOI on the space and we were ready to close the lease and the broker called me and said hey you know what the the landlord has had a change of heart we're gonna put this grilled cheese concept in there Ugh. which was totally devastating is the grilled um, cheese concept still there of course not no. yeah exactly so um, but the, <laughs> another blessing in disguise it forced us to look outside of downtown LA and we opened in Santa Monica, which was the best thing that could have ever happened to us because we're really a coastal concept, right? Mm. A seafood concept. Um, at the time, Santa Monica, believe it or not, was kind of like a, a desert for healthy food. Um, really? Yeah. Now you have every single fast casual operating in that market, but there wasn't a lot of quick healthy options. So the community was super receptive to having us um, and we opened with lines out the door from the beginning, which kind of led to the the next challenge was, you know, doing everything in house was was difficult to keep up with demand. So there was a point in time um, in Santa Monica that we had a 24 hour shift. Someone was working in the kitchen 24 no hours way. a day prepping for the next day. And wow. the first couple of weeks that we opened, we had to close from two to five just to give our team a break and to prep for dinner, which was... Just like a sushi restaurant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everyone would take their nap. And, Siesta time. Yeah. Oh my God, that's wild. God, I feel like you've had like all of these different crazy stories. Um, what it's is the your, restaurant business. I know, that's true. And, and again, people think it's so sexy. It no. is the hardest business to stay true to and to stay um, ex excited about. I think people either get into it and they're like, this is not for me, and they bail, or they totally fall in love with it. I know I totally fell in love with the food industry, which it sounds like you yeah, did Yeah, well. it's, a, it's a hard business. Um, a lot of headwinds, very... Challenging margins, challenging margins, Challenging issues. everything. <laughs> yeah. um, hard to keep people happy, but at the end of the day, you know, when you're in the restaurants and you see people that are happy um, and you're providing happiness to people, that makes it rewarding. And um, we're fortunate that we have a lot of loyal sweet fans. So people tell us that they love us. So mm -hmm. that also that positive reinforcement's nice. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you really are providing a clean alternative option. What I think is so interesting is that people see restaurateurs, and again, I keep saying they think it's so sexy or they think that you're an overnight success. But you guys have been working hard at this for five plus years or almost five years rather, and you have no signs of slowing down. So how can people support you? What is it that you need as a next step to be successful? If you had one ask, if the, like, the right person was listening in and could give you what you needed in this moment, what would that be for the launch of the successful brand moving forward? 
That's a, a tough. That's a, that's a tough question. You can ask a couple of things. Um, you can ask for a no. Things you know, you we're like. we're always looking for the right capital partner, mm-hmm. and capital um, is not. There's different types of capital. Uh, all money is green, of course, right. but you want to have smart money involved. You want to have people that uh, believe in your brand, believe in the longevity of it. Um, you want to make sure that your values are aligned um, and the growth strategy is aligned. So making yeah. sure that we're partnering with the right person, I think, Can as we grow. Can you talk about what, the, what dumb money is? Like, I think people think all money is green, like you said, but I think that it's a really, um, there's a disconnection between people who are fundraising for their first time and people who have been running a concept and know what dumb money is. Like, what does that look like? Well, there's dumb money and there's annoying money. <laughs> True. <laughs> dumb, dumb money is, is, I guess, is it's tough to say, but um, just people that are not going to add value to your business, right? right? Um, you know, if one of our pain points, for example, um, was real estate and we were looking to, to make sure that we're going into the right properties as we grow, maybe partnering with um, an institutional real estate fund is, mm-hmm. is the right move. Um, annoying money is just the nagging investors that are going to call you every day, text mm. you every day, how are things going? Where's my money? What's happening? Yeah. So um, we're fortunate that we have neither of those. We have really good partners and investors um, that are super supportive. I just wanted to harp on that for a minute because I think it's so important that people understand the difference and they don't just take money because it's green. There's nothing worse than having a bad partner as you're trying trying to grow something and putting your life's blood work into a concept and you've got this little annoying bumblebee back here buzzing in your ear um, that you really don't need. So um, for those of you listening, if you're fundraising, make sure that you are interviewing your investor as much as they're interviewing you. Wouldn't you say that that's a, a really important statement? Hundred um, percent. I think there needs to be a very clear plan, um, especially if you're trying to grow a business, and you need to make sure that your growth plans align with the, the growth plans of the the investor. You don't want to grow too fast or grow too slow, or that you hear the horror stories. I've definitely heard a lot of the horror stories, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so, other than the right money, anything else that you need to to be supported by your audience from? Show up hopefully and buy people are enjoying <laughs> I mean hopefully people are enjoying our product um, you know there's a lot of passion in what we do we really try to do things the right way in terms of sourcing and and making things on site and from scratch and I hope people are enjoying the product and where can they find you they can find us um, in LA so in LA we're in Santa Monica on the west side Santa Monica Westwood um, Venice, Abikini on the east side, we're in downtown and Silver Lake. Then we have West Hollywood, Largemont, Woodland Hills. I'm probably forgetting someone. Uh, in San Diego, <laughs> we have um, Del Mar and La Jolla. And online, if you are in LA or San Diego, take out your phone, go on Postmates and order directly from them uh, because we're not on any other delivery sites or order directly from our site. And I want to end with like best and worst. So what is the best thing about being an No, let's start with the worst because I want to end on a positive note. What is the okay. worst thing about being an entrepreneur? And then what is the best thing about being an entrepreneur? I think they're intertwined. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's probably yeah. very fair. Very so fair. I, I think, you know, you can never really turn it off. True. You know, there's no so going true. on vacation and the business stops or yeah. there's no out of office. So, but that also affords you the ability to work on your own schedule, right? Um, I don't have to, I mean, of course there are people that I report to, you know, investors and our employees at the end of the day, but, Mm. um, I can do what I want when I want, but at the same time, you know, 
you're you're uh, you're kind of stuck with the business, so you better totally you better be fair. working all the time. I think that's absolutely a fair statement. And I actually just read an article. I can't remember if it was Forbes or Inc., um, but someone said a smart owner always um, gives credit to their employees. So the fact that you said that you answer to your team, I think, is so valuable, and it really shows the kind of leader that you are in your in your organization, and that you're bringing something so delicious to um, to California, to Los Angeles, is an amazing thing. So thank you so much for making things tasty in my world and in the world of our listeners, hopefully. Um, And thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Stay tuned for more uh, Elevate Your Brand coming up next. Shop amazing specials now while supplies last at Macy's Gifts You'll Love to Give sale. Like great deals on coats for him and her from Calvin Klein, Anne Klein, and more top designers. Just $100 and under. Save big on handbags and wallets, now 40% off. And create a cozy retreat at home with 70% off warm throws and flannel bedding from Martha Stewart Collection. Now through Thursday at Macy's. Plus, get $10 in Macy's money for every $50 spent. Up to $40 Macy's money. I hired nuptial num-nums to cater my wedding, and it was a disaster. Everyone was raving about the food instead of my dress. No matter how hard you work for your small business, online reviewers will find something to complain about. They're like, oh, Veronica, the lamb chops. Ah, uh, did the lamb chops fly you out to Cancun? And while Progressive can't save you from these trolls, we can help you save money on commercial auto and business insurance. I will not be hiring them for my next wedding. Get a quote online today at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliated and third-party insurers.